they want to like be incognito about their alcoholism. I don't know. <laughs> because every Hallmark movie is the exact same movie with a different cast. Okay. You should not laugh at that. Do not be proud. No one laughs. No one should be encouraging that. I'm Ashley. I'm Megan. And this is Wine and Dine. So January has come to a close. We're now going into February. We survived the first month of 2021. (laughs) We don't have any wine to clink, unfortunately, because... We're taking a break. We're taking a drinking break. And uh, today, the Lord has graced me with Chick-fil-A. And that's what I'm chilling with is some lemonade. That's nice. I went and got Dunkin' for myself, so I have a nice coffee that I'm sipping on because your girl needs her caffeine. Both things are accessible. Now, in no way am I cutting out alcohol completely. No, we just didn't have wine. Well, we didn't have wine, and I also am trying to cut down on it only because, like, I feel like maybe my liver needs other liquids other than alcohol. You know what? You're probably right. (laughs) I I mean, I'm not a doctor, but... (laughs) You're probably probably right. That's probably a good thing. And the Lord's lemonade has to be good for it. I mean, there's there's water in lemonade, so should I just be drinking regular water? Yes, but I don't want to, so I will Flavored watered. Exactly. Lemonade is but nature's flavored water. Yeah. There's fruit in it. It's good for you. Yeah. (laughs) totally very much so all right so just under our new way of doing things we're gonna start off with what we have been doing in january that may not be bookish related Mm -hmm. however one of mine is unfortunately because i'm a nerd so um not we're not always gonna have this but right before we get into that too just a follow-up from the previous episode. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. We went through and... No, you're, you're fine. Like, we're not always going to have follow-ups. Most of the time, we're probably going to finish off. So, like, mm-hmm. Don't, mm-hmm. don't get used to these follow-ups all the time. But... Just, just extras. A little extra from the previous episode, if you guys listened to our book club podcast over Serpent and Dove. Yes. Such good book, by the way. Oh, my gosh. If you didn't Amazing. listen to it, please go read it, listen to it, whatever. Mm-hmm. We came up with our cast list of who we would <laughs> cast yes. in the movie. You know, and at this point, I don't know if I want it to be a movie or a TV adaptation. I would love to see, like, HBO or Stars pick this up. As, like, an Outlander, Game of Thrones type of, yes. I, I just, I want it to be either of those two because those two companies aren't afraid to push... Yes. For more adult themes. And I do feel like Agreed. Serpent and Dove does have some adult adult moments or more 18 and older moments. I wouldn't be worried about Netflix necessarily either. Yeah. And the only reason that I say that is I feel like it's easier for Netflix. Not easier. Mm-hmm. Quicker and more likely for Netflix to adapt a show than right. HBO. Now, how having said that... I don't want it done quick. I want it done right. Okay? Yes. So whichever one is going to do it the best, that is who's taking it. I think I would prefer Stars though, just because they nailed Outlander, and I want the same. Yeah. I want and the a same lot of the same show. people that we have on the list, while are big name actors or actresses in their own rights, 
a lot of them have already worked with stars or hbo yes i mean a couple of them haven't but most Most of them them have. have So, I already discussed last time, I really want Reed to be played by Sam Hewen. Um, he's the one that plays Jamie in Outlander. I, and and I he agree. And he's just a very tall, broad, red-headed, just sexy man. And I need more of him. I agree. I think he would be a very good Reed just because I feel like that his kind of M.O. are those very, you know, I men that are very set in their ways mm-hmm. and want to follow by the book i think he would pl- i think he would do a very good read and a very by the book reading of read and i already know he's good at showing without having to say anything without having to do something specific he's so good at relaying the emotion mm. of going from black and white to shades of gray if that makes sense. I think that would be hilarious to see him at the end in the the Bell Rouge losing his shit. Yes. And just being like, fuck this shit. It would be ah. so good. And now some of these people would have to shift their accents. There's a lot of these people on here, surprisingly. I think most one, of them have. two, three of them have some sort of thick accent that is not French sounding. So, since this book takes place in France, so, like, Sam, Hewen, and the lady that we have picked for Lou, and then also Letitia Wright, they all have yeah. thicker accents that aren't... They have broge accents. Yes. And, and the only reason I say that is because, like, obviously some of the rest of these people have American accents, mm-hmm. but, like, I think it's a lot easier to go to an, from an American to a French accent than it is I to go to an Irish-Scottish to a French accent. Even though it takes place in a French setting... I don't actually, when I was reading the book, I didn't really think of them to have a French accent all the time. I feel like it would, like, slip in and out. Yeah, it it definitely could, but there are a lot more French words. So, like, I think it would be very silly to have somebody like Sam Hewen or Saoirse Ronan all of a sudden saying, like, Mademoiselle or, like, I mean, I can't even say that word. I mean, he he does speak French in Outlander. Yeah. So, it's not like he can't... That is very he true. Ooh, do it. You are proving me wrong right now. I think he'd and be he is fine. sexy when he speaks French too. Yeah, I think I mean, he'll, he's sexy be in um, I think so he'll be fine. So as we already stated, though, kind of let it slip. <laughs> Saoirse Ronan for Lou. She's. We had to search for that one though. We, uh, me, and you yeah. had some misgivings on that because we wanted somebody that wouldn't overpower, but would almost meet at the same level as him and could still hold her own. Right. And show power, but could also be lovey-dovey, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I don't know how. She's going to, she has to have an edge to her, but at the mm-hmm. same time. A softness. A softness, and that vulnerability at, towards the end, and willing to, like, just give up everything for I think something. what really did it for me is I put her in the scene in the church, or not mm-hmm. in the church, but when she's watching, um ellie burn and she takes it away yeah. from her when i was picturing her do that mm-hmm. it was beautiful and like yeah. i thought she just oh she fit it so well and i could also see her singing big titty liddy so sure, yeah no i could it works yes agreed agreed um do you want to talk about coco and the archbishop since you came up with both of those very good choices <laughs> might i add so for coco i came up with Letitia wright and 
the way I always viewed Coco was that she was a very strong, independent woman of dark skin, but had very beautiful black curly like hair. Mm-hmm. And as we were talking back and forth, I immediately thought back to um, her acting as Suri in Black Panther. She's very smart. She's very intelligent. She has amazing witticism and was able to play off a lot of the characters and being able to get de- devise that punchline which Coco does in the book she's very much witty she's sarcastic she's able to give you know straight answers to both Reed and Ansel but she's also sexy and even though we really didn't get to see Suri in a very sexy way I feel like she could be able to pull that off yeah I I think she is perfect for that I don't think she's as perfect as who you pick for the archbishop that's just because you love that actor. I do, and as soon, but I didn't think of him. I didn't think of him at all. No, but you thought of the gentleman that originally played. Oh, Emperor Palpatine. Em- Emperor Palpatine, and I was like, he's too old. He won. He's too old. But I understood like the facial features that you were going mm-hmm. for, and we both agreed on. I we saw somebody that had very you know rigid cheekbones and very sunken jaw but that somehow could still give the appearance of being charismatic and trustworthy to Mm -hmm. an outsider and because that's i mean i'm not getting into star wars lore here but i Mm -hmm. mean that's part of the reason the emperor palpatine was able to come to power like that is because even though he was gross and awful Mm -hmm. he was still charismatic and convincing right and then for some reason i thought of is it mads mads mickelson Um, because of his role in Rogue One as one of the doctors that is kidnapped by the Empire. And you basically goes, oh my god, that's... Um, the main guy from the Hannibal. Man, the main guy from Hannibal, and who's going to be our new Grindelwald. Grindelwald. And I was just like, yeah, that that, that would be our, our Archbishop. I think as soon as she said that, a, a lot of these guys, like, we kind of went back and forth on. It's like, okay, yes, no, It was more yes, or less no. one of those. We had, like, the idea of him. How can we get this idea across? As soon as she said it, there was no argument. I feel like I remember saying that. Like, nope, um, no argument. Write <laughs> that, it down right now. That's it. That's nope, it right we there. We don't need to discuss this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, I'll come, I'll do the last two because I came up with those. But mm-hmm. Ansel and uh, Morgan Le Fay or Madame LeBlanche, uh, what do you, who do you want for so them? So for Ansel, I wanted somebody that was kind of green around the gills, which unfortunately, when it comes to Hollywood acting, there's, unless you get like a nobody, there's not anybody really that would fit that bill, I almost felt. You need somebody that's probably younger, so you have yeah. to be able to play 16-year-old, someone with a little bit of innocence. And I wanted somebody that was kind of gangly, mm-hmm. that wasn't like it in their body fully as like an adult. And I don't know why, but I the image of Tommy, and I can't remember what. Oh, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Thank you. I'm bad at names. You're fine. No, you're good. You have all the faces because that's what she did. She literally pulled it up on the phone and she was like scrolling. She's like, "Actors, okay, let's just see." And then she turned it around. She goes, "Yep, (laughs) yep." And I, I feel like he just has that baby face, which is what I always felt for Ansel. Ansel has like kind of like a baby face. He's still kind of finding his way in the world. And I like Tom Holland in the fact that, you know, when he does play Spider-Man in the Marvel movies, he's very lighthearted mm-hmm. and very, you know, teenage, kind of not sure about himself. He does that extremely, extremely well. 
However, Tom Holland is very, very gifted when it comes to dancing and any type of, like, additional requirements. It would make sense for him to still want to be a Chaucer and to still be an initiate. Because remember, Ansel, I don't know if we went over this last time, but he's not a full Chaucer. He's an initiate who has not passed his trial yet. Yeah. Because there's not a space for him. Right. But he's still strong enough that the Archbishop lets him stay in the tower and trusts him and Mm -hmm. sends Mm -hmm. him out on missions with Reed. So, like... He can obviously hold his own. An Avenger? A young Avenger? Yes. Yeah. No, I, I, I just, I felt like that was just a good, and honestly, I could see him offsetting uh, who we have playing for Reed, because a lot of times, Reed and Ansel are together, and there's a moment when Ansel steps up to play and tells off Reed, and I don't know what it was, but I put Tom Holland and Sam Hugan in that role in my brain it was just i could see him doing that to him and it was just like oh yes yes. this is exactly what we need this is this is great because i think i think both of those two actors would be great teaming almost the same teaming um that sam had with um gosh damn it uh McTavish, yes, the actor, um, the gentleman, Mister, the McTavish actor. Um, I really liked how they bounced off. And then, to be fair, Morgan Lefay, Morgan Lefay. I can't uh, first. Morgan Lefay or Madame LeBlanche or Madame LeBlanche. We had I, we. This was the last one we brought onto the team because honestly, we couldn't agree. We at couldn't all. agree. I wanted more of a Spanish actress because I felt like this that would be more of the sex appeal. Um, but you I just wanted, wanted more somebody of like a power female. Yeah, you wanted more of a power female, and so we we couldn't really agree. But then, um, my husband actually gave us the idea of the actress who actually played this character in Merlin. Merlin, that would be Eva Green, and we pulled her up, and we're just like. Yeah. We can see why she was picked, and yes. guess what? You get to do it again, honey. She was good for the first time, and I like, think she's still good now. Because so. she can pull off crazy very well, but in a subdued manner. Mm-hmm. But she's got that sex appeal. She's got that va-va-voom, but in a subtle way that we wanted. Yes. So. Um, okay. So, for Madame LaBelle, actually... Ashley gave me the idea mm-hmm. because she recommended Christina Hendricks, who was the main redhead uh, on Mad Men, if you guys don't know who we're talking about. And I just, for some reason, I thought she was too, she was too much. She 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 fit, I still think she fit the description, she was too much. And I was like, you know who looks really, really close to Christina Hendricks? but she's not as in your face about it is Jessica Chastain. And another person who looks identical to both of those ladies is Bryce Dallas Howard. You guys need to, at some point, just go look up Jessica Chastain. I guarantee, like, one of the first articles up is are Bryce Dallas Howard and Jessica Chastain related because they get confused all the time. Like, in mm-hmm. interviews, they, they went, they were in the same area, and I want to say that it was Bryce Dallas Howard moved to L.A. after jessica chastain had gone to school there and she started going to the same starbucks and they kept oh jess your drink's already over there and she's like my name's not jess Mm -hmm. um anyway 
So either of them, I think, would work. But I think Jessica Chastain just has that little bit of extra something. Mm-hmm. I really like her for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The one I'm most excited about, not most excited about, but one I'm very proud of, yeah, um, is we were trying to figure out who to do for Jean-Luc. So Jean-Luc is also described kind of similarly to Coco where dark he's skinned. an attractive, dark-skinned man, mm-hmm. tall, not very broad, but capable. And brooding. Yes. Somebody that is good at brooding. And so at first, I was I immediately went to, remember, Michael B. Jordan, and and you were like, mm. he's, he's not given the right something. One, he's got attitude, he, one, but not... Well, yes, he matches age of who would be playing Reed. He likes to play a lot more edgy characters. He likes to put that um, ethnicity element into it. I feel like that would, if we were to cast him as that, it would almost overshadow. Especially because we're trying, yes, some of these are big names, but they're not huge names. And I think he's too big of a name right now, and I think he would draw too much attention for playing a side character. Not, I, and... Does that make sense? I, 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 I understand mean, that, but that would have been the same thing that they did in Black Panther. Technically, he is a side character. He's not the main character. Well, I mean, I know, but like, I my so issue for example, with him I feel like that... Reed, Lou, Coco, and Ansel would all be main characters. Now, obviously, Reed and Lou are the main characters, mm-hmm. and Coco and Ansel are side characters. But I feel like below that, then you also have like side side characters someone right, right, that right. still needs to be in the story but that doesn't have near as many lines as one of your right. big no. players and i feel like you're just kind of wasting your money at that point if you sign on michael b jordan to have like 20 mm. lines in your movie you know I, what i mean no i agree <laughs> agree he's too big for that but i just i didn't feel like he fit john luke john luke wasn't about i'm black you're white this is all race card issue it was one of those you're spoiled by the archbishop you're handed everything to the archbishop you're the archbishop's little golden boy and and also i feel like michael b jordan plays anger a lot better Mm -hmm. and jean luke didn't come off as angry no bitter bitter Bitter. yes and i i feel like someone that would actually do a really good job at that even though i haven't necessarily seen every single one of those emotions in that person Mm -hmm. is ansel enoch um which is funny because we're not casting him for ansel we're casting him for someone else but um if you guys don't remember him he was in the harry potter movies i believe he played dean yes um and then he was also one of the main characters in how to get away with murder and you do get to see him in bitter angry slightly aggressive in that tv show he's older i mean he's our age so he's almost 30 at this point Mm -hmm. so if not 30 i think he's still really right in the wheelhouse of where he's supposed to be for the character that he would be playing and i feel like he'd be like i said going back to why we picked tom holland as ansel because of how he's going to play off reed we needed somebody also kind of like that somebody that could be able to play off our actor for who we placed as reed and be able to be the one that would like kind of nip and pick and like try to tear down yes him and i feel like those two gentlemen would be able to do that in a very good way mm-hmm. unlike the other gentleman that we picked yes i i went a little too on the nose and uh i'm glad that we found him because i feel like that's a really good list so mm-hmm. if if i can remember to mm-hmm. or actually if ashley can remember to i i will post we this all know on I instagram because if you're like me 
names and faces don't always match up. Yeah, unless you're Googling this as you go, as yeah. we're saying it. So like, go check out our Instagram at Wine and Dine Pod. Is it podcast or pod? No, nope, it's just Wine and Dine Pod. Wine and Dine Pod. Uh, I will have a mashup of everybody and then showing the descriptions of who we picked on whom. So if you're like me and don't know who the hell we're talking about and need faces, <laughs> I got you um, okay, so that does it for our follow-ups from last episode. Mm-hmm. So now on to what did we do in January? What are our updates? What's going so on? what I did was uh, a bunch of nothing mm-hmm. except for watch Bridgerton on Netflix. Did you like it? I've I heard loved such it. mixed reviews about I it. I liked it. I've I heard it's really it. good, and I've also heard it's boring as hell. Okay, so after I read Serpent and Dove, I needed something to kind of – not do like a palate cleanser, but I needed something like that would get me on that same level. And yes. I I knew Bridgerton was a Regency romance, so I was like, okay, it's going to be that flirty, you know, kind of playful batting back and forth, uh, which it has, not going to lie. Mm-hmm. However, let's just say Netflix did a lot of very tasteful sex scenes oh that i could get behind okay um but it was it was good like if you like regency romances and i personally do i do like them i can get with them a lot better than i can do some of the modern ones i thoroughly enjoyed it it is based off of a series of novels by uh julia quinn the book that were the Bridgerton book is actually based off the Duke and I, which is book one in the eight part series. I love the storyline. I really loved just all the shenanigans that these people get into. Um, and it's, and they have Julia Andrews voicing, um, the commentary for the, like a tittle tattle blog nice i know right and a lot of people basically compare this to um shoot it's a tv in the gossip girls but in regency style okay because there's there's some hidden elements of who is the one writing the gossip blog who is this mysterious person that knows all these horrible juicy details about people's lives Um, But at the same time, we're following, you know, the Bridgerton family and, you know, their oldest daughter is, you know, out in society and needs to find a husband and crazy things ensue because of that. And it's just a really good, fun um, Netflix series. It's the episodes are an hour long. Just be wary of that. Okay. Thanks for the warning. But um, I watched it all in one day. Hey, you know what? Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. Yes. Like, if it's that good. It it was one of those, like, like Serpent and Dove, it was just one of those, it grabbed you and was like, you, you're you in here for the long haul, just accept it. Yes. Kind of moments. And I just kind of went with it, and I'm okay. Now, I will not be going out and grabbing these books, just because I have too many books <laughs> already. I don't have time to uh, read eight books. Yeah, I feel that on a spiritual level. I really, really do. And then the other thing that has been happening in January is I started, um, well, I didn't start. 
I wanted to up my um, skincare game. So January, um, Ulta had their skincare month special thing where each day they had new stuff out for skincare and at discounted prices. So I decided to go in because I needed a new moisturizer. And the one that I had normally used uh, was by Khalif. And because of COVID and shortages and all this other stuff, Ulta was out of it. Mm -hmm. And so the esthetician that was there actually on the floor uh, was like, well, do you want something similar? What do you like? What do you don't like? So we talked about it, uh, you know, my skin and the issues that I had been having. And she recommended this brand called Tula. That's T-U-L-A. It is cruelty-free, paraffin-free. It, it's really... A, it, all the freeze. All the freeze. It's a really good product and she not she we I bought the moisturizer which is the 24/7 moisturizer moisturizer hydrating day and night cream it it did the same thing that I I had with Khalif and it's at a better price it like 40 bucks while my cliff my Khalif moisturizer was like 60 so $20 difference and it's cruelty free which I thought was crazy so I went back a few days later, and I was like, I, she was there again. I was like, look, you're right. She basically warned me. She's like, because of what my skin issue is, is that I have really texturized cheeks. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my skin just is over rejuvenating, she says, of dead skin. So I have a lot of dead skin on my cheeks, and I need to remove that almost on a daily basis, or it's going to build up, and I'm going to feel that weird texture and my makeup's not gonna lay right she's like what you really need is a good toner and I was like I hate toners they sting they burn and a lot of them are have essence of rose which I am allergic to my skin breaks out and she's like well Tula has one that has no rose in it it's a gel based toner which will be better for your skin and it'll be more hydrating too and she's like try that for a week you know you and see what you think I was like, I'm not spending like 45, 50 bucks on a toner. She's like, it's $38. So I was like, are you kidding me? How, what's the size of this? It's a huge bottle. Like I showed it to you. This yeah. thing is huge. Totally changed my skin. Like, yeah, I have a little bit of texture, but that's because of the mask that yeah. I had to wear today. But normally when I do my skincare regimen in the morning and I put that toner on, my skin immediately evens out. It feels smoother. It doesn't like clump or anything and my moisturizer goes on easier yeah so i'm sold i have literally turned over most of my high-end expensive stuff for this brand yes so i bought the gel toner pro glycolic resurfacing toner i bought the brightening treatment drops the triple vitamin c and then i also now have the moisturizing cream so my skincare regimen now of sis of um drunk elephants gel cleanser so I do that once I do that I do the toner I then mix the um, treatment drops in with the moisturizer put that all over my face and then do I do finish up with a keratin serum for my under eyes that's from Khalees yeah but that everything is Tula now and I it's they don't stink I mean they do have some smell because it does have like raw blueberry extracts in it and rhubarb root um in the moisturizer but you're also saving money because it's like cheaper than your other brand and everything so and not it's only cruelty is it great, free cruelty free probably great for the environment if i could guess 
Eh. As far as, like, not having all of the nasty stuff yeah. for your... I mean, maybe not for the environment, but great for your skin. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's really nice. I know. And I, I literally have seen a difference in my skin. Like, I don't wear a lot of makeup at very much at all because I'm not going into the office, which probably has helped. But, like, my breakouts have been minimized. My overall skin looks healthier. Um, I'm really, really happy and satisfied. And I'll post photos on our Instagram of everything we talk about so people can see. But I really, I really, really like it. Good. So what have you been up to? Um, work. Back on days. Uh, mm-hmm. That's been fun. And uh, I'm finally sleeping an acceptable amount. Because when I first started going back to work, my body refused to adjust to it. Oh my gosh. Um, I don't think I've ever talked to you guys about this before, but due to my ADHD, uh, I, a lot of people don't notice it a ton, but I have something called circadian rhythm disorder, which literally just means I don't sleep at the same time normal other people do. Um, and that's a mixture of me being so used to being on nights and also with my ADHD. Mm-hmm. So a normal person, say, goes to bed at 10 or 11 and they wake up between 6 and 8. Okay, they get a decent amount of schedule, their sleep, and they sleep when it's dark outside. Right. I don't do that. <laughs> I stay up until 3 a.m. and I want to wake up at noon. Like, mm-hmm. And it's not being a night owl. There's a difference. It's an actual thing that you can get diagnosed from a doctor. Um, so when I switched back to days... I was really, really struggling because mm-hmm. my body is used to when I'm when it's dark outside and it's not my body isn't like worn, worn down yet. Mm-hmm. It's not used to me sleeping for long periods of time. Yeah. So even when I would get home at seven, pass out because I was exhausted, mm-hmm. I would be awake again by eleven and wide awake. Yeah. So it was miserable. Yeah. And I'm just kind of starting to get back there the thing Mm -hmm. that sucks is like when i got diagnosed with it a few years ago i was asking my doctor like can i do anything about it and Mm -hmm. she was like um don't drink caffeine past four and um turn off media things and try some yoga and i was like i already do all those things (laughs) (laughs) so this is not helping but yeah i mean you guys i mean not that you would but like if you guys were to ask ryan there were several nights where i called him crying because I couldn't sleep, and I was just like, I'm miserable, and I'm tired all day, and it's just, it was a whole thing. But now that I'm finally back on the right schedule, Mm -hmm. I'm feeling a lot better, and I'm getting through the day a lot better, but, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm still not wanting to read when I get home, because I don't know if you guys, I think if you guys are listening to this podcast, you're probably the same as we are. Books don't put me to sleep. Have you ever had somebody be like, oh, yeah, I just read, like, a chapter to get myself worn <laughs> down before bed? No. No. You, how do you do that? I, uh, that's, like, me after chapter, like, six or seven. I binge books the same way I binge TV shows, okay? If this I'm into it, I'm finishing that. I don't care if I have to work at four in the morning. Then I don't care if I have to get up at work at four. I'm going to read until 345, and then I'm going to go to the bathroom, take my shower, and go right into work. I'm not putting that book down if I start it. I mean, yeah, no, I, mine is one of those, if I hit a good chapter, I'm going to keep going for a while and going for a while and going for a while. And then by chapter like six or seven, I'm like, oh, dang, I'm tired. I gotta go to sleep. Mm-mm. No, books get, because like, I go there. Now, if it's not that great of a book. Yeah. Eh. 
But, like, with Surfing and Dove, for example, <laughs> I got off of a 12-hour shift. Yeah. Took Ryan home, got home. So, at this point, since I had to, not that I had to, I picked up Ryan for work, and then I took him home. So, that's an extra hour of travel time. Mm-hmm. And so, I have already been gone from my house for about 14 hours at this point. I'm mm-hmm. exhausted. I could have gone to sleep. But no, I finished the whole book. And then I was so excited that I finished the whole book that then I started texting everybody about the book. And then I started looking <laughs> up things online about Morgan Le Fay and about uh, Madame uh, Voisin and, mm-hmm. and like all of the lore surrounding it. And the next thing I knew it was 2.30 in the morning. I was like, I should probably go to bed. And I was texting Ryan at the time and I was like, he was like, why? And I was like, because it's 2.30 and I work days. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Look, it's it's an adjustment, okay? Last month was an adjustment. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that's the first month of the year is always an adjustment year. So, I I got through it, though. Mm -hmm. Yay for me. Yay! Um, So, I just started watching a bunch of stuff on Netflix, because you all know I binge. Mm -hmm. Um, So, last month, The Night Stalker came out. Uh, It's just a four-part documentary on Richard Ramirez. which is what i thought it would be okay you actually might like this one now pause before you say anything because they do it different okay okay i love my true crime docs and i y'all okay i don't love my serial killers in the eat it for breakfast i do i don't love them in the way that i idolize them but like you name a serial killer and i probably already know who you're talking about okay? okay let's let's hang on pause let's test this Who's the serial killer that is obsessed with women's shoes? Mm, Ted Bundy? I hate you. <laughs> I mean, I had to think about it for a second. I'm at, um, <laughs> Throw the pin down the floor. I quit! I quit! I quit! Okay. Here's, here's one for you. Oh. Which serial killer was on a game show? I don't know. His name was Rodney Alcala. He's known as the dating game killer because they 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 realized who he was after a contestant who won the dating like he she was who he picked mm-hmm. she refused to go out with him because he was so creepy and then after that they found out that it was him that was killing all of these like young women in model mm-hmm. type positions and they were like hey weren't you on the dating game <laughs> yeah serial killer was on a game show anyway so i do i eat that stuff for breakfast but this documentary did it different mm-hmm. so i thought it was just gonna be another richard ramirez was born blah 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 and he was raised in this family and his brother was in prison and when he got out he introduced him to porn and like they were gonna do the whole thing that mm-hmm. everything everybody had already done yes yes the first episode starts off by giving you a biography on the cop that eventually killed him or not killed him but caught him the cop that hunted him down Oh. You learned what that cop did. Then you learned about that cop's family. Then you learned about his partner and his partnership. The whole first episode is just about the two cops that hunted him for years, okay? Then mm-hmm. you start learning about all of his surviving victims and their families and, like, the aftermath of what they lived with and, like, uh, like how good it felt for this man to get caught. Then the third episode mm-hmm. is about, like, news stories and, like, what they were reporting and um, wow, that like is the different type. the different names that he went through because he didn't mm-hmm. always start off as the night stalker he was like um the the break-in killer and uh there was like a couple other weird names that like never stuck and then they eventually came up with night stalker and then episode four mm-hmm. is when they finally are like okay richard ramirez was born blah 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 and they give you his backstory almost every other documentary is all about 
the murderer mm-hmm. and like okay well because that's what people want right. you need to get inside his mind why did he act this way why right. did he do this and not a whole lot of attention is paid to the victims yeah and a never never have i seen attention paid to the person that caught them Okay, okay, maybe a couple times, because I know who Paul Holes is, but that's a whole different story. We don't need to get in that right well, now. Well, and they made the, the TV... That... Are you talking about Mindhunter? Yes. Yes, and I mean, that that's definitely different, too. But, like, when you're watching, like, an actual true crime documentary... Which I it's, don't. It's almost always about the murderer, and they did it totally different this time, and it's mm-hmm. so good. So it's called Night Stalker, The Hunt for a Serial Killer. Okay. So, so good. Um, Ryan even watched it. He doesn't like true dime documentaries either, but mm-hmm. like when we started dating, we were playing that whole like 20 questions, get to know you, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I told him I was into true crime. And as a joke, he was like, who's your favorite serial killer? And I went Richard Ramirez and he goes, wait, you have an answer to that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not, once again, it's not because I idolize him. I just find his particular story the most fascinating out of the other stories that i've heard okay so then question are you gonna start um season two of um prodigal son uh i never watched the first season of prodigal (gasps) son i it is on my list it is on it so yes i will be watching the second season after i watch the first season um so of course i did that Finally finished Cobra Kai. I was like two weeks behind, but I did. I binged it all in one day, as I knew I would. Mm. So good. Mm. If you guys haven't watched it, you should. I didn't mean for that's Ryan either, <laughs> but it did, and it's fine. Um, I know I'm super away from the bandwagon on this, but mm. I'm almost done with season one of Shit's Creek. I don't know if you guys. Mm, okay. I've tried watching that. This will be my third time. I tried okay. watching it twice, just the first episode, and the yeah. second time I watched the first two episodes. Right. And it just didn't grab me. Right. I need something to get yeah. me entertained. When yeah. I first watched Parks and Rec, the first episode grabbed me. You know, mm-hmm. I want something that just. Eh. Um, but Ryan really liked it, and then one of my friends, one of my, or it was my cousin actually, mm-hmm. was just like, "Have you watched this? It's so funny." Yeah. And then my brother was like, "Have you watched this? It's so funny." I was like, "Fine, I'll try it." That was my dad with the Queen's Gambit, and just I've, telling you how good it is. All yes, time. yes, he was like, "It's this good, and then you have to watch it, and blah blah blah." And I finally, I started it in like the ending of January. That's why it's not on the list because I technically didn't finish it yeah but have you started that at all or? no that's literally next on my list i know i say oh it's on my list but literally the next one on my list is queen's gambit so okay. like it's it's happening yeah no, um, i agreed but i finally watched Shit's creek not all of it obviously but i think it is absolutely hilarious i am very glad that i gave it a third chance at this point mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i th- i want to say it was like episode like six one of the few times I've actually laughed out loud. There's been a couple times mm-hmm. where, like, you're watching something, you're like, it's so good, it's so funny, but you're right. not actually, like, laughing. I laughed so hard I cried. I had to pause the show because I could not hear what was going on. Oh, my gosh. Because I was just laughing so hard that I cried. Okay. So, okay. if you guys need something funny, do Shit's it. Creek. Okay. Uh, I got back into anime. <gasps> Yay! Now, I've made a whole new anime list. Um, just because I'm like, okay, I want to watch this, I want to watch this, I want to watch this, I want to watch this. Mm-hmm. Because remember, uh, a while ago, I mean, it's been a Long while ago. Long time. Many I, moons. I got a new phone, and mm-hmm. iPhone doesn't use the same anime list thing that I used to use on my Android. Because I didn't ever use my anime list. I used, like, mm-hmm. a off 
shoot yeah, brand or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So on iPhone, I have to specifically use my anime list, so I had to restart it. Yeah. Um, but I have a ton saved. But the one that I'm finishing up right now is Black Clover. Um, <gasps> I love Black Clover, and I thought oh. I would hate it. In the beginning, I just remember talking to Taylor about it in the beginning. Like, I can't stand this. Asta won't stop screaming. <laughs> like, it's so annoying. <laughs> um but it's so good. It's... I I need to actually take some time and go and watch some of the old classics. I I know I'm big on Fruit Basket, which I'm. Mm-hmm. They have season one and season two out right now on Hulu. We have the manga at work now. Someone donated all of them, and it's not every book. It's I want to say it's like one through ten. But yeah, the kids at work are reading ah! it, and I was like, "Why are you reading Fruit Basket? It's like, so good. how do you even know what that is? It's so good. Oh, so, I'm, that and Host Club. That's actually what got me back on anime is that these kids were like miss corinne have you ever heard of fruits basket and i went why do you know what that is and they were like we're reading it what no i i love fruit basket i i watched that was like when it first came out i binged it though the new stuff not the not the old stuff the new stuff like the silliest old school one i've ever watched though is still gonna be or on high school host club that was shit and it was it doesn't matter it made me laugh so much not it's not true to the actual stuff though if you want to watch one that's not true and is also hilarious watch ghost stories that is the (laughs) best dub to ever anything because it wasn't dubbed off the original script (laughs) you will never see its equal it is just yeah that is hilarious but yeah after after that whole you know hey have you ever read fruits basket i was like what so i i got back on it and Mm -hmm. i realized that i had because i had finished all of the dubs of black clover and then i had kind of stopped and then i was like why am i just stopped though i know they haven't dubbed any new ones but there are like literally 50 more episodes that are Mm -hmm. subbed so i don't like get to watch a whole lot of them because you know how i like to watch things it's like okay i'm watching watching texting texting watching again texting texting and i can't do that with a subbed anime so i don't watch it a whole lot but i think i've gotten like 15 more episodes into it so i'm really excited about that yeah finally as far as tv shows are concerned you all know i like to watch a lot of tv Mm -hmm. netflix just dropped not just a few weeks ago just dropped Mm-hmm. The History of Swear Words, hosted by Nicolas Cage. Oh my god, I've seen you've been tweeting that nonstop, And I, okay, <laughs> disclaimer, the reason why I haven't started that is me and Nicolas Cage have a love-hate relationship. Well, you and Nicolas Cage will have a love-love relationship in this because he makes fun of himself. It's so good. Like, and they give you, they give you actual facts. They give you actual historical backing. They give you, um, they give you just everything. On top of the fact that, like, they even have statistics. So, like, in the first episode, they give statistics on, like, what actor swears the most. Who do you think? I saw that tweet. Yes! It's not Samuel L. Jackson. He's not even number one or number two. He's, like, the third one. He's number three. Do you want to know who has the most swear words of any actor in screen time ever? Ready? Ready? Jonah Hill. I could believe that. I wouldn't have guessed it. I could totally believe that. I'm pretty sure he cussed like every third or fourth scene in Moneyball. Well, he got it specifically. uh, He did 116 swear words in Wolf of Wall Street. 116. Oh, I I didn't even know he was in Wolf of Wall Street. I guess he was. I didn't. I I passed it. Yeah. So he just, yeah, number one swearing actor of all time is Jonah Hill. And I thought that was crazy um but then Nicolas Cage 
does a breakdown of every swear word he said in a movie but he acts like he doesn't know who it is he was like here's a statistical breakdown of all the swear words of this random guy <laughs> like 71 <laughs> percent of the cuss words that he says in it are fuck like and he was like wow that's a big percent and i there's a part of me that doesn't know whether or not he knew it was gonna be his statistics it was gonna like uh, hey, will you do this and we'll just put up an infographic for like someone else later? Because like he didn't seem that interested in it or like he didn't seem to be cocky about it. It's so funny. That's just the first episode. But like they also talk about like the medical necessity behind swearing. They show you, huh. they show you a scientific study that is proven that swearing helps you endure pain longer. So they stick your hand. You know, have you ever been to the Titanic Museum or museum yes, like it where you can stick, to, like, your, stick hand your hand in the water? Yeah, you in the ice water, yeah. Without swearing, they were only able to keep their hand in the water for 14 seconds. That was the longest they were able to do it. While swearing, someone kept their hand in the water for two, almost two and a half minutes. So all that cussing that they do. It releases they... endorphins. And it allows you to get through pain. Oh my god. That's gosh. why your first instinct when you stub your toe is to curse. <laughs> Guys, so this so, is so good. So medically speaking, when you stub your toe, you should scream yes. F it yes. at the top of your lungs as long as you can. Every curse word that you know should come out of your mouth simultaneously. That's great. Nun, okay. Nuns in Europe should cover their ears for cursing <laughs> so much. Okay. All right. You know what? I'll give. I'll give it a shot this weekend, and I will I'll watch an episode And or they're two. just small episodes, so they break it down per square word, or per square word, per swear word. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like, I want to say there's like eight episodes, um, and they're only like 25 minutes a piece. So even if you only have time for a couple here and there, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's so good. So good. My last update for what I did this last month is that hockey was back, y'all. And I'm so excited. I know that not everybody cares about that, and that's fine, but I do. Hockey was back as of January 13th, and my Blue Jackets kind of let me down in the first round because we lost. But it's okay because hockey's back, and I'm just ecstatic for that, and everything is how it should be. It's right in the world, Mm, and uh, Mama's happy. Well, I got a note passed to me that says that I did miss something in what I have been doing in January, and that was I finished season one of The Mandalorian. Finally. Yeah. I say finally like I've watched it, because I've watched the first episode and then just never went back to it. So. Okay. Well, when you get to episode two, text me egg, and I'll understand what you're talking about. Text you egg? Yes. As in an egg. Egg. E-G-G. Okay. Okay. Just, just when you get to just what well, episode two, you just text me egg, okay? Okay. And I'll know what you. I'll know that you know what I know. Okay. Okay. Understood. Yep. I don't. Okay. So everybody at my work is obsessed with Baby Yoda. Like they're obsessed. And when I finally told them that I had watched season one of Mandalorian, they're like, "Oh my god, have you bought all the Baby Yoda stuff?" I was like, "No, I know oh. what his name is. Baby Yoda. No, he has a name." Baby Yoda. He has an actual God-given name. Uh, this is, will be spoiled in season two, which I actually have not seen. Oh, well, I didn't watch it, no. and it was already <laughs> spoiled for me, so... Maybe, maybe. No, I was trying to do an answer where, where this pause is about... Ashley has not seen season two. Yeah. She does not. That, that, that beep <laughs> disclaimer. That's supposed to be a spoil thing. Gotcha. All right, we'll gotcha. cut all well, this I won't, out. I won't say it. Well, yeah. We'll cut hey, it guys, off. David's here. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> 
No, you're fine. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, so I enjoyed it. I liked it. I it gave me all the the feel good vibes of the original mm-hmm. uh, Star Wars did that I have missed very much, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to expand on that come May. Yes. But um, no, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. But let's flip it now and let's talk about what's coming in February. Okay. That we all might want to look forward to. I'm going to start with TV shows that y'all need to just put your thumb on the radar with. The first one is going to be on Netflix coming out in February 12th. And that is the third and final installment to All the Boys I Loved. And that is Forever and Always Laura Jean. I am obsessed with this series. Mm-hmm. I read this series on a yearly basis so I can get ready for the Netflix adaptation. And when I saw the trailer just this past week for it, I literally like screamed my head off like a crazy fangirl because I was like, oh my god! <laughs> COVID didn't ruin this for me! <laughs> everything. Outlander got pushed back. Mm-hmm. Um, Fantastic Beasts got pushed back. Well, I mean, that wasn't just COVID, but like there's all the big name stuff's getting pushed back. Right, and I was really, really worried that this was going to get pushed back because this is something that comes out on a yearly basis and it only comes out in the month of February. So I was like, and there had been no word in the book community on whether or not this was actually going to be getting an adaptation. The first two ones have gotten adaptations with all the original cast still on it. This one, again, all original cast, no changing. It's I'm, I'm so, so stoked, and I'm going to have to find a copy of this book so I can read it so I know what happens before. That's awesome. I'm so happy. Like, I, I'm so, so thrilled. Um, if you want to see the trailer and before you watch it, you can, of course, find it on Netflix, or you can YouTube it, and it's, it's really beautifully done. I'm very happy. And then the second thing that I, I'm telling everybody that they need to keep an eye out for is on stars, and it's called Men in Kilts. Please tell me you... I don't know what you're talking about, no. But How you do have, you not know about You had this? me at Men in Kilts. Oh, you'll love me even more. This is a kind of documentary travel-y thing. Wait, 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 wait. I think I do know what you're talking about. Is this the people, the, the guys from Outlander that are going around Scotland and introducing you to their homeland? Yes! <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to scream. That was unnecessary. Yes, starring Sam Hugan and Graham Matavish. This comes out on the 14th of February, which I love that date. Ha ha. Um... And this would be a good opportunity for you to do a free trial of stars and see if you want to keep that. Um, but I can't wait. We saw, Me and David saw a teaser trailer for it. And I just, like, I lost my mind. Like, not only, yes, they're the two hottest guys in Outlander, but they're just so They might be the funny. two hottest guys in Scotland. <laughs> like, they're so, <laughs> so funny. Like, it just... Their witty banter back and forth is just amazing. And I could not be happier. I I very, very much want to add stars now to your Hulu and just pay for it. Because we can technically do that. I mean, go for it. If you want to do that, I got HBO, you got stars, call it a day. Yeah, because I kind of want to watch that. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I'm surprised you haven't, like, talked to me about that, because you were obsessed with these men. Yes, and here's my problem, is Mm. that I sometimes forget you also love Outlander, because every time I mention it to any other person on the planet, they're like, I've never seen it. 
Just because I don't like hardcore watch, didn't hardcore watch the TV show like you and Abby did, doesn't mean that I'm not like in the know. Oh, you are in the know. And I know this now. And I will probably forget this again. Of course. But until I take, until I text you on April 4th or on February 14th going, are you watching this? Are you watching this? You watching this? Because they're in kilts right now. <laughs> they're in kilts. And then I'm going to text you a couple days later. Ashley, why does it say that you've already watched the next episode we were supposed to watch together? <laughs> yeah. So these are my two TV shows that in February I think are a must. Yes. I, I think they have to be done. Whether you like the book, whether you like the books that these could be referencing or not, because I don't think Men in Kilts is technically referencing Outlander. I think in they a just way. both know that they're hot and that girls like Scotland and girls like men in kilts. So Well, they make the joke of that in that he's like two sexy men wearing kilts. <laughs> and I'm just like in McGram is the one that says that and Sam's just like we we can't we can't do that. <laughs> men in kilts. <laughs> and Sam's like I like that. I like that. I like that, that. I like that better. <laughs> so good yes as soon as you started you, you were like oh yeah okay it's it's this two two sexy men in 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 uh kilts when you were starting out it's like oh no i know what you're talking about stop set us up so i think yeah it, i know i'm gonna be watching forever and always lower jean on my own but i think me and megan will have to watch men in kilts together yes um or with abby or just have abby somewhere nearby i don't know i feel like well yeah i was gonna say we'll just have to have like a watch party or something yes. like because she has her own stars so like mm-hmm. me and you will watch it and she can watch it and we'll all just text each other yeah. our group chat's going to be called sexy men two sexy men in kilts yes. <laughs> yes yeah and then i do have two book releases here um that are coming out also in february just to keep an eye out on guys if you are interested in these books of course definitely pick them up um the first one is one that is getting a lot of notoriety it's called the gilded ones by naomi forna it comes out on february 9th it is um takes place in africa and the characters are african-american but it also has a dystopian feel to it like the hunger games or it's also been referenced to people who liked children of bone and blood i have that Mm -hmm. which is also an african-american story and that cover is awesome have you seen that i know it has nothing to do with this book but this cover is pretty awesome too to be fair oh yes is that the same same author no this is different she's that's a very similar cover art yes uh synopsis is as follows 16 year old dika lives in fear and anticipation of the blood ceremony that will be determining whether she will become a member of her village already different from everyone else because of her unnatural intuition Deka prays for red blood so she can finally feel like she belongs but on the day of the ceremony her blood runs gold the color of impurity and Deka knows she will face consequences worse than death when or I'm sorry then a mysterious woman comes to her with a choice Stay in the village and submit to your fate or leave to fight the emperor in an army of girls just like her. They are called the Akla near immortals with rare gifts. And they are the ones who can stop the emperor's greatest threat. Huh. I like that. I, I th- it, it definitely has like a little bit of a Hunger Game vibe. Yes. Which if you like that, that could be then 
But, I mean, for a lot of us in the book community, we're trying to branch out. We want to start reading more African-American-based stories, black authors. This is a good one maybe to kind of dip your toes in if you're interested about that. Um, I think that's a good one to kind of look at. The other one that's coming out at the end of February, um, I didn't realize that this still are, this series was still going, but it's The Desolation of the Devil's Ark, which is book six in the Mrs. Peregrine's Peculiar Children's series. I've only read the first three. There are six. There's six. I know. I know. I, I, I honestly, to tell you the truth, I watched the movie and I the never movie, no stop Don't and I never even read the books. The that's that's like saying that the Cirque du Freak series should be based off the movie that they made of it. It was Which crap. Don't don't compare them. Don't do it, guys. Just please believe me. The books are good. <laughs> I have no doubt the books are good. I read the but book I in thought one that setting. they were done. No, sh- this is book six. <laughs> Okay, anyway. and while these books are not on my TBR per se, uh, I still will keep an eye out for them, and I might pick up the Gilded Ones via audiobook. Um, I'm not going anywhere near the Peregrine's Peculiar Children series. I have no desire to read it. I loved the first three books. Like I said, I thought it was done, but... No, apparently not. But segueing then into what I will be reading for the month of February... Uh, minus our book of the month, um, which is Sadie by Courtney Summers, I will be reading I Owe You One by Sophie Kamsala. Wait, what else did she write? I know that name. Ah, shoot, dang. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I know Uh, you've read books by her Yes, I have read books by her. Um, let me... She is most famously known for Confessions of a Shopaholic. But that we know one of our book club books was Sophie Consala. No, I read You've Got My Number by Sophie Consala. And then you loaned it to me because that's the one where they swap phones. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you, you just loaned it to me. I loaned it to you, okay. and I don't think you actually ended up reading it because you had other things going on. No, I did. Did the, you? She puts it in a coffee shop, and they throw it in the trash can. And then, um, yeah. her friend convinces her to text him. And yep. then, it, yeah, yeah. I remember it. Okay. All right. Well. I'm going to be reading her most recent book, which is this, the IOU one. Basically, it's a adult romance. Um, there's not much, honestly, <laughs> to say about it. it it's going to be one of those friends to lovers kind of tropey thing. Mm-hmm. So we'll just kind of leave it at that. I'm, I just wanted something fluffy and happy. Yeah. <laughs> Which I honestly might swap this out for Always and Forever Laura Jane, to be fair. Just to read it again. Just to read it. Well, I mean, so. you could add another one. I could. The I sky's could. the limit. True. I technically read three books in January, so. Well, I know that I said I wasn't going to assign myself books. I'm not assigning them by any means, mm-hmm. but I'm in the mood to read, and I have plenty of time at work, and at least one of these books I have a like a tan, a tan, not a hard copy, not like a hard back, but like mm-hmm. a physical copy of the book. That would be Numbers by Rachel Ward. Um, hmm, okay. I, I know it's a part of a series because there is at least one other book at the Juvie after it 
I don't know if it's like a whole series, it's just two books, what's going on, but the basic gist is that instead of reading auras, like some people can do, this girl able is able to see the date of your death. She doesn't oh. realize what it is until she finds her mother dead one morning, okay. and like the, her whole life she had seen 10, 10, 20, 10, something like that. And then on 10, 10, 20, 10, she sees her mom dead and then the number fades away and she's like oh crap that's what those meant and so like she doesn't like looking people in the eye anymore she doesn't want to see when they die blah 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 mm. i don't know too much about it but it really seems cool so i really want to read that and yeah. you know hopefully i'll have some downtime i haven't had any lately because the kids keep trying to fight people um but and then if i can get my hands on uh, a copy of it i really want to le- read blood and honey which is the follow-up to Serpent and Dove. Yeah. I really want to read that. Yeah. So if I can get my hands on a copy of that, I will also read that. I am only committing to numbers because I already have a copy of it. But that's more than I said I was going to commit to because I told y'all I was reading 12 books this year and 12 books only. So So you're not going to read our book of the month? Well, no, that's it. Remember, all, uh, all the books of the okay, month okay, was okay, all okay. I was reading. Okay. And now I am possibly reading up to 14. Who knows? Okay. So our book of the month for... February. Technically, February is National Radio, radio Day. Day or National Radio Appreciation. Um, since uh, neither of us really like the radio, we kind of put it that national podcast. Yeah, <laughs> kind we, of sort we of. We both listen to podcasts. Like, yeah. I play podcasts through the Bluetooth mm-hmm. on my radio. Yes, very much so. <laughs> so we picked Sadie by Courtney Summers and this one is uh based off of kind of like a what was it called it was like a serial something the podcast that like kicked off the whole serial podcast radio there's thing. one called serial oh well then there it, it is mi- it might be it okay that's yeah. probably it um but this one kind of takes kind of the motifs from that and turns it into a book series when a popular radio radio personality west mccary receives a desperate phone call from a stranger imploring him to find 19 year old runaway sadie hunter he's not convinced there's a story there girls go missing all the time but when it's revealed that sadie fled home after the brutal murder of her little sister maddie west travels to the small town old creek colorado to uncover what happened sadie has no idea that her journey to avenge her sister will soon become the subject of a blockbuster podcast armed with switchblade sadie following message messenger clues hoping they'll lead to a man who took maddie's life because she's determined to make him pay with his own but as west traces her path to the darkest most dangerous corners of the big city and small towns a deeply unsettling mystery begins to unfold, one that's bigger than both of them. Can he find Sadie before it is too late? Now, you're the one that's big into murder, mystery, true crime stuff. Is that similar to Serial? No. Serial, uh, well, yes and no. So there are some true crime podcasts, because there's a difference between a serial killer doc or a serial killer podcast and a true crime doc. True crime can be kidnap, rape, attempted murder, assault, whatever. Serial killer is literally just serial killer. So the 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 podcast Serial is mm-hmm. 
just about serial killers or serial offenders. Okay. Um, that's probably going to be one of, so there are several podcasts. I don't know if you remember, there was a podcast here, it was Indiana based Mm -hmm. that went on for almost two years after Lauren Spear disappeared. Do you remember her? Mm -mm. Uh, I want to say she disappeared from IU. She went to a party one night and then never came back, and they literally have not ever found her body. I I live under a rock, Megan. There are so many conspiracies (laughs) as to her disappearance and everything. It is absolutely insane. Anyway, so that seems more likely because there are very popular podcasts out there that mm-hmm. handle missing persons cases. Okay, um, okay. And they, that's all they do is like mm-hmm. they every season or whatever is dedicated to here's all the information we have. Mm-hmm. Here's all the information the police have released. Mm-hmm. And then people okay. will listen to this podcast and they'll join like online communities to try to hunt down people. And there have been successful cases, unfortunately, not usually – I mean, or not ever that I've heard of where they find this person alive, but where a person that has been missing for a few years, they at least find out where their body is because XYZ said this and then this person did this and that person's cousin saw that car that night and that person that saw that car knew that that car went somewhere else and this person's friend was a cop and it's like all these people just get together and they tag a million and a half people and then eventually they end up getting stuff like so it's really cool like y'all think that i just listen to it for the craziness but i actually get into it to solve crimes (laughs) and something that i the reason why i picked this book is not only for your love of crime and podcasting of crime she loves me i i love you um but I, I, too, want to see why you love it, and I'm hoping that this book kind of sheds that light on that, and I can kind of further understand why you appreciate that multimedia, mm-hmm. um, because I personally don't. I hate blood. I hate hearing about blood. Squishy noises make me gag. Like, <laughs> I don't know what she thinks I'm watching. <laughs> like, Walking Dead. Can't, nope. Mm-mm. God, no. Out. I, I just like getting inside someone's head. Why? Because me, as a person, every once in a while, I'll threaten people. I think I threatened to stab Ryan, like, five <laughs> times since we've started dating. Oh. Never in a million years would I actually stab him, though. Because, mm. like... You don't do that. Yeah. But then there are people out there that literally, like, get off on hurting people. And I'm like, yeah. where does your brain go? Yeah. I just, I'm so fascinated by it. For a really long time, I wanted to be a psychologist. I wanted to understand how brains worked. And then I was like, mm, that's a lot of school. No, thanks. I'm barely getting C's as it is right now. <laughs> yeah. No, I I just, I'm really looking forward to this book because I feel like there's going to be a lot of overlapping in the storytelling and we're not going to know what's really going on and what's true and what's false. And I'm really looking forward to that. I do like a good murder mystery. So I'm hoping. I wonder whether or not they're going to wrap it up or if they'll do it like a cliffhanger type thing. This is like, a standalone novel, I believe. Well, all I'm saying is like if Maybe. they're if they're following it in a in a serial type podcast true crime whatever Mm -hmm. sometimes those podcasts don't have endings you know what i mean this this is what we know for now and we hope to tell Mm -hmm. you later and then we never find out okay no this is a standalone novel i mean courtney summers does have another book that is based similar also on like a murder mystery called cracked up to be but it's not from the same storyline but i mean I'm curious to know. What do you think you'll rate it? I'm going to say, I'm going to probably feel like this is going to be a solid three for me. Just because this is not my cup of tea. 
I kind of thought you were going to start lower with a two. I, I'm going to say it's going to be a three. It's going to be that middle of the road book. I liked it. It was a good ride. Just not my cup of tea. I have two. And the only reason that I say that is because I'm very picky. Yes. About my true crime. Yes. If they do it in a way that I like, I feel like this is going to scratch my itch. And only because it's not a visual or audio media, I'm going to give it like a four, maybe a four or five. Okay. Okay. If they don't do it in the way that I like, and that's nothing against Courtney Summers, that's because I'm a picky bitch, I'm going to probably hit it with like a two. Oh, dang. You're going to go below me? Yes. It just depends on whether or not they, I know that sounds such like an awful thing to say, but depends on if they do it to my liking. Like, I feel like so snooty. No, I know. While I think you, you come off as snooty, I think it's more or less because you, this is something that you listen to on a regular basis this is something that you are familiar with you know what makes a good murder mystery podcast um i know the books i like i know the documentaries i like to watch i know the research that goes into it and like i i just want it to be done well so if it's Mm -hmm. not i don't think you know if they if they had the idea but they didn't put the research behind it like I think yeah. it needed then I'm probably going to be very disappointed and I don't know if I'll be able to get past that disappointment that's in no way to say that she's a bad writer mm-hmm. like if I didn't like it that would not me be say, you know saying that she's mm-hmm. a bad writer or a bad storyteller mm-hmm. I just know I'm already going into this biased which I didn't do with Serpent and Dove no I mean, we I was... came in with that with no idea what we were doing yeah so <laughs> yeah okay no I agree all right, well, this is our February intro TBR for you guys. Don't forget to pick up Sadie if you want to read it mm-hmm. along with us and make sure that you're following us on social media. We actually had a couple people finally reach out to Ashley yeah. asking her some questions, and one of them was like, you know, I, I, I really like this, but it frustrates me because I want to talk back when you guys are saying things. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you can. Tweet at us. We will tweet back. My phone, I know you guys have heard it. My phone has gone off three times while we were <laughs> recording this, and I put it on silent. Those are just the ones that are pushing themselves through, okay? Yep. I will always tweet back at you. Yep. Um, so, yeah, hit us up on social media. We're at Wine and Dine Pod on everything. everything. We are not on Facebook. Um, email us, whatever. We would love to hear from you, but make sure if you're planning on reading along with us and joining us for our February book episode at the end of the month that you have picked up Sadie by Courtney Summers. Yes. All right, y'all. I'm Ashley. I'm Megan. And this is Wine and Dine. Dine.